If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hello and welcome to Geek First Side Quest, your weekly stop for video game news, reviews, and more here on the Geek First Podcast Network. I'm your host, Adam Arcaster, Dylan Musk, and I have with me the Hollow Man, Brooklyn Patser. How are you doing this afternoon? I'm doing good. I'm, uh, I'm on the tail end of my sickness. I'm feeling a lot mm-hmm. more healthy, and uh, yeah, I'm excited to talk some fun Redfall news, some, some Nintendo stuff. So yeah, there's mm-hmm. a lot of good stuff going on. Warhammer news, even, so yeah, I'm always super I was about to happy. say, I thought that would be the first thing you mentioned, <laughs> is some total Warhammer <laughs> That's your baby yeah. right there. Oh, I know. Yeah, <laughs> we have a very fun episode uh, ahead. Once again, kind of a slow news week, but we still got some good stuff to talk about. Things have been a little bit slow uh, the last couple of weeks, but I feel like soon here things are going to start uh, taking off. But just a quick uh, few shout outs here um, before we get into everything. A lot going on in SideQuest feeds these days. Of course, we're having weekly releases of the Arcane Retrospective. Arcs Fatalis and Dark Messiah are up now. Dishonored you can get on our Patreon right now, or you can wait until this Friday where that will be up. And then each week you're going to... This weekend you'll on Patreon you'll get Dishonored 2. And yeah, each week you're getting something new there. Um, on top of that, I did a little solo retrospective of John Wick Hex. So that's up on the feeds now. And then uh, what's the other thing? The other thing is this weekend... Uh, at some point this weekend on Patreon, I'm going to record my my Mario rankings. I'm going to rank Kirkland every Ooh. Mario game I've ever played uh, in anticipation for the movie, which comes out in a couple weeks. So I think that's, that's like 35, 40 games when I was Jeez. making my like short list of... Because I'm throwing like the sports things in there, Mario Kart and stuff. Right. 
So yeah, the number gets up there pretty quick. So that'll is there be many a lot that you have? Is there many that you hadn't played? I feel like that's that's oh, that's dude, a there's like there. at least two or three hundred. I don't know. <laughs> oh there's gosh. so many. Okay. I, I, Never mind, there's man. definitely a bunch that I, like I've never played any of the RPG ones, like Paper Mario. Oh, okay, fair. And enough. Mario and Luigi games. Like there's like at least you know fifteen of those if you combine those two series. Right. And haven't touched any of those. So there's definitely a lot I've missed. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm. I think it's pretty good. It's pretty solid. I mean, I've that's always I've had pretty much solid. every Nintendo console. So you know, <laughs> each console probably have like a couple of my own, and they're good things to play with friends. So the number gets up there pretty quick. But yeah, look forward to that on uh, Patreon at some point on the on the main feeds as well before the movie comes out. And uh, what else? Last of Us is done. No, no more of that. Uh, and yeah, I don't know. I don't really know what else to show out. I think that's pretty much it. Anything from you, Kirkland, or do you want to uh, get right into it? Got Mandalorian weekly reviews on the main feed mm-hmm. and the review feed, so that's lots of fun. Um, How many episodes? Because I saw on our calendar, like this is like the last week. Is it only like a four episode thing, or is <laughs> it? We just not updated that. We must. We mustn't have updated because okay. I think it's it's not too long. I think it's just going to be like a nine episode uh, season. Gotcha. Um, I can't quite remember what the other ones were, but. Yeah, mm-hmm. n- not not on the longer end of it, but st- <laughs> we're not at the tail end yet. Uh-huh. Well, I guess that's it's a good reminder to you. Like, yeah, John Wick Four is out this week. We're gonna review that as well. So obviously, mm-hmm. with, the, with Hex, with all the the trilogy retrospective we did, we're leading up to that. So go check that out later this week. And uh, yeah, I think with that, let's get right into it. Uh, let's start with uh, with Total War Warhammer yeah. Three. We talked about this a couple weeks ago. We were speculating on like some. I was like, I thought there was a DLC announcement. You're like, no, you're you're wrong about that. But like maybe soon. <laughs> and then like a week later, they did. I don't even think. I think it was like two days after our side yeah, quest or something. Close. Like it was very very quick. That's happened a lot on side quests. I don't know what's yeah. going on here. It's usually <laughs> accidental, but who knows what's going on here. Um, but yeah, they they showed off a new trailer, mm-hmm. which was pretty much only cinematic. And then I read their blog post. I don't know if they've didn't any more details, but this is the new. DLC coming out April 13th called The Forge of the Chaos Dwarves. Oh, uh, yeah. So I got to let you take away if you want to yeah. explain like what's going on here uh, and uh, why this is exciting. Yeah, this is this is very exciting for the for the, the Warhammer community, I would say, because the Chaos Dwarves have been some something of like an entity of an entity in the fact that like we don't really know too much about them. And uh, it, like if you follow like. Uh, like the regular dwarves lore like they really just don't like to talk about them because it's just like a dark side on their history like they just don't like mm. to affiliate themselves with the with the chaos dwarves and there was a lot of speculation coming into the third game that they were going to be like a base race or at least uh like a pre-order race where you you get them for free as long as you uh, pre-order yeah. the game uh it, it ended up being the ogre kingdoms that was like the free pre-order uh race that came out there so so and like no talk about the chaos dwarves uh when, when the when the big immortal empires map came out we had like all the provinces and everything but then there were certain sections that were just like blank and it's like mm-hmm. okay well obviously there's going to be some dlc yeah. races that that come out there and uh the first dlc race was just more warriors of chaos which is like okay that that, that, that fair enough there and then this was like the the first big new one where okay. we're actually seeing like a brand new race uh there's like a little bit of controversy around this one too because it's actually the most expensive dlc uh that they've ever you released how, the, how they price this thing because i saw yeah. a pre-order or something like, okay this must not be a free dlc so yeah what's going no. on there yeah so this one um if i remember correctly i think it's like 32 dollars or something 32 because of like canadian or something there's like yeah, a weird yeah. conversion there uh but in the past they've had dlcs for like 14 dollars i think that was the last one um and is, is that a season's pass e kind of thing or is that like you specifically get this new race and maybe like a new campaign and whatnot or is there like you're getting this now but then like in july you get a another section of dlc or how do they do it 
Yeah, no, it's just like the one DLC okay. pack. So um, it depends. It's pretty expensive for like a solo absolutely DLC yeah. just across the board. Even no, it, that's like a battle pass price, which gives you like wow, sometimes months of content. So yeah, exactly. And like this one, it just comes. It just comes with like three um, legendary lords, which is like the different factions within the race. So like that would be like your your person that you're playing as. They're they're your faction leader. Um, but like comparing this one to um, I think it was called Rise of the Tomb Kings, which is a DLC that came out in. Uh, that was the first DLC of the second game, Warhammer okay. 2. Um, and people are comparing it because I think the price point was a little bit similar, like probably around that $30 mark. But that one like introduced, again, like a brand new race like the Tomb Kings, but a lot of just like new game systems, like a lot of quality of life changes to the actual game itself uh, mm. that you didn't like you didn't have to buy the DLC to get. It just came in, out with that update. Right, right. Um, and a lot of people just praised it because of like how original like those races uh, of the Tomb Kings that came out were like it just played so incredibly different from everyone else. And it was just a really, really solid DLC where like people actually felt comfortable like recommending you to get that one. Whereas this one um, like e even even from uh, amongst like my own little communities that I'm a part of like it seems like a lot of people that are even like excited for the chaos dwarves um, are, are just going to hold off for like a, a price drop or something because it's just a little bit ridiculous for how little content that you're getting for like what like for what you're paying into it um, I I'm not really like a big dwarves guy in general like I don't think I've actually like played the dwarves too much um, mm. and the chaos dwarves they, I would imagine they play fairly similarly, but I know they have a lot more of like monster units and stuff like that, which are very fun on on the on the campaign or like on yeah. battles, just sending them into like a group of units, just like causing chaos and a lot of their like war artillery. They, it looks really cool, um, but really this isn't like the dlc pack that i was really like wanting for like i i said like the community was really happy for it, and i'm I'm happy for the community. I'm excited to see how they kind of. Um, shift the overall layout of like the campaign map with their inclusion because that comes with every dlc right. obviously they have to add them to the map so like who sometimes like races will get like shifted around like people that start in certain areas might get shifted to a different area so i'm excited to see that change and again just seeing how maybe overtuned <laughs> some of these units are um th there's a bunch of content creators on like youtube and stuff that get like early access to the stuff so then they'll like mm. just like showcase the different units and right. the, the the good ones the bad ones but yeah, overall, I, I, I think it's it's cool that they're finally coming just because it's been a buzz for so long. And um, like I, I, I and many others just didn't know too much about them because it, they've just been on, on the hush hush or something or the the Dowie. That's like what the dwarves call themselves. Oh, okay. <laughs> they, yeah. they don't talk about the chaos dwarves. So that's like <laughs> the running thing. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited for like the lore imp implement, too, because we'll just learn a little bit more about them like overall. But, uh, yeah, I'm not going to be getting this DLC uh, right at right at release. And um, on, on Steam, I think they do this for like all the Total War releases. It, if you pre-order now, you get it like slightly cheaper or something. It's like ten percent off. Yeah, but yeah. It's still it's 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 pretty pricey for what I think you're getting here. Like uh, previous DLCs as well have come out with um, not a brand new race like this one is, but maybe like two like uh like sorry more faction leaders for like pre-existing races but for like multiple in one pack so like one comparison i could make is the twisted and, and the what was it the twisted and the and the the twilight that's what it was it was okay. a wood elf dlc that also came out with a skaven dlc so it was like two like 
actual like faction improvements that had like like completely new mechanics for those factions um and those were like 15 dollar dlc you don't get three legendary lords with the dlc but still like you're getting a lot more content there so i'm i'm already kind of like uh like a cheapskate i feel like i'm always waiting for deal uh like dlc price drops and stuff like that before i actually get on them but mm -hmm. yeah this one in particular when i saw that 30 dollar mark it's like wow okay like even if i was on the fence of like getting them now it's like okay i really don't want to get them because 30 bucks like that's that's yeah, wild that's, there that's nearly like half the price of the full game when <laughs> yeah when it sounds like this is like two percent of contents worth of like what yeah so is it like a i'm just a little confused like for the chaos doors is it like they take a dwarf race that already exists and then there's like some new leaders and a couple new units or is mm. it like is it fully new from the ground up in terms yeah. of like systems and whatnot it, it it'll it'll be it's it's completely own race okay. like they won't re like they'll be completely against each other uh they'll probably be like the like those are like the permanent enemies i i, yeah. I would say on, on the campaign map um th and like for in in terms of systems because i haven't played too much of the dwarves i can't really like speak on like how they play in particular but i would imagine they have like the essence of like what it feels to be like a dwarf with like their really strong uh sieging uh they have very high leadership so they they don't run away from fights often like they'll they'll usually fight to the death i imagine it'd be pretty similar uh for, for that but it's mostly like the new um like like monster units and stuff like okay, that and yeah. and just probably they'll probably get some access to like some certain demon units um I, in the trailer they showcase them like kind of working with some green skin units which are kind of like the orcs of of the of the warhammer yeah, yeah. world trailer, so yeah. yeah so and like just some of their like um like from that trailer just sh them showcasing like that like castle thing that they're in like it's just a very cool tonal shift for what we're mm -hmm. used to seeing on dwarves which are okay. just I mean, if you if you've played, it looked you know, like Mordor with yeah. like mechanized dwarves. Yeah, it was yeah, pretty intense. It, yeah, so like that that stuff is really cool, and uh, like the different legendary lords that they have showcased. Um, I believe one is like a magic caster, which are usually just super super strong because magic is so op in that game. Uh, and then I think there's two um, just like melee lords, but um, yeah, I, I I imagine they have some really cool like special mounts that usually come out sometimes. They're like flying on dragons and whatnot. So. I'm, yeah, they I'm showed really something like that, like a manticore. Yeah, whatever it was in the trailer in the blog post. Yeah, that thing looks badass. So I'm I'm, I'm excited to see that on, on like on the game, and this could be something that like I'm a little bit standoffish right now. But if I actually see them play, it's like holy shit, they look super super fun, and um and like just maybe I'm getting my ass kicked by them <laughs> multiple times makes me want to buy that DLC. But uh, yeah, just a little bit strange with with the initial price point, I would say. Um, <laughs> pardon me um there's something that total war has done and i think they're still doing it which it's kind of like a subscription thing where you play or sorry you pay like i don't know if it's five bucks or so a month might be more than that but you actually get like access to all the dlcs so it's mm. like a subscription thing that way which is actually really cool because if you like some of the dlcs at full price yeah some are 15 some are 30 but there's like 70 dlcs i would say across yeah, all the crazy. games so yeah. if you don't have any of them i think that's a really cool like barrier to entry point like like it's not so high to 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 get your hands on some of these uh dlcs because especially if you're a new player like you won't know which ones to get or like which ones would be fun for you uh so that that is a really cool thing that they actually implemented i think just within the last year like of mm -hmm. total war th warhammer 3 coming out um and i'm not sure if there's like a time delay like it like maybe you don't get access to like a brand new dlc right away maybe it would come a little bit later i'm not yeah. too sure i i don't subscribe to that service because i already own most <laughs> of the dlcs exactly. um but yeah
Yeah, I mean, it sounds like just based on, on everything you talked about this game, like even if even without this DLC, it's not like you're hurting for content. So I think that probably no, makes that price no, point yeah. even a bit uh, more difficult to justify. But yeah, I was like reading up on like just in the the blog post they were describing like how this race functions and stuff like that. And it seems like logically the dwarves are very much based off the economy aspect of the game, which obviously I don't really know what that means in terms of how the gameplay is. But it seems like their their general strategy is a lot of combat, a lot of fighting, so that you essentially you want to like win battles so that you can enslave your enemies and then make them work in your minds to yeah. build up that economy, <laughs> and, which like that's that's a pretty like that sounds like a fun play style, like a lot of aggression, maybe like little mm-hmm. battles here or there, even just to you're not even like trying to take a larger land, but you just want to get a few like people captured or something like that. Yeah. That seems like a pretty uh, interesting play style and definitely one that would make people other people on the map, whether you're I don't know, single player or I guess playing online, make people pretty pissed off at you and yeah. create some good like drama there. So that's they yeah. seem like a, a good addition. Not that they're, I'm sure there's other races like that that are pretty aggressive too, but it's yeah. like a nice addition. But at least from what you said, not like the dwarves aren't really like that. So that's kind of a cool no. for people who like that play style. Now they have a different way that they can engage with the game. Yeah, no, absolutely. And like my my favorite race in the game, which I actually really don't like the way that they were changed in Total Warhammer 3, I think I talked about it on the last side quest, is the Dark Elves. And they, mm-hmm. they play similarly how they're a very aggressive faction. Like their economy is basically just wrapped around how many like wars they can just be in at, at a time. Like they're like constantly fighting to get income, but also like they have like a slave mechanic <laughs> that right. they, they, they like they take their. Yeah, exactly. It's uh, it's not, not the most appropriate thing, but, uh, you know, for a fantasy, setting, a fantasy it, world, it, it makes like, sense. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So like their economy is base is directly like attributed to that. So the more battles you you fight, the more slaves you get, the more your economy just booms there. But the more people just hate you, your, your own public yeah, order right. in your cities is really low because it's just like run by slaves and they try and revolt so it's it's an interesting like balancing act but the way that they kind of shifted those uh systems in the third game i just am really not a fan of it it, it just seems like you have to like micromanage the system so much to like make it like a f- effective um and yeah I'm, I'm not really a big fan of it so the, I'm, I'm hoping they do like a mini rework um in the near future because i'm pretty sure they're actually the least played race in this game which yeah i mean if you see that state or if sorry if you see that stat it's, it's a good sign you should probably change something but i'm a little bit hopeful because um like the chaos dwarves have a similar system so maybe they'll mm. they'll maybe take some inspiration from that and implement it over to um yeah. like the dark elves for example yeah, I mean, I, I saw that they're calling this patch going along with this, like the 3.0 update. So y- mm-hmm. you would think that there'd be other stuff included in there. And maybe it's what you're saying of there's some good like quality of life, just like basic features that are centered to everyone. And then the like people who actually buy into the DLC specifically will get the, the Chaos Dwarves and that extra content there. But hopefully there's some other stuff that you can at least check out um, yeah. when that comes out. And then I'm sure you'll pick up this DLC at some point down the road. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a I'm a sucker. The, the would <laughs> would, it be, would you try like would you like jump into that subscription for a month for five dollars just to try the new race out for a month and see if it's like something worth buying for you? Um, is that is that like a worthy investment or you're like eh I'll just wait for it to go eighty percent off on a Steam sale or something? Like like in theory, yes. I th- I feel like I feel like there's no reason not to if it's just like five bucks or whatnot. And I if I just have like I don't know a weekend to just jump in and play like a full campaign, I think that's very much worth it. But I feel like every time I'm I'm seeing a DLC that I'm really really pumped for, I'm usually just buying it like straight up because yeah, I, I know I'm gonna be playing yeah. it for months and months and months. So um, 
but I mean that option is mm-hmm. definitely available to to people out there. I'm I'm not sure if it's like cheaper for the first month or something. I I know a lot of subscription um, systems do that, but uh, mm-hmm. yeah, for me, I'm I'm not itching to to jump on the Chaos Store. Yeah. Uh, I saw that this developer as well just opened a new studio. I think this is their third studio. Uh, so I don't know what all the Total War, because I know there's like not just Warhammer, Total War. There's other yeah. stuff. Yeah, they have like historical doing. games as yeah. well as the, the fantasy ones. So that's cool. I mean, it's obviously a good sign that that developer is doing great, um, mm-hmm. which makes sense if they're charging you $32 to get this <laughs> yeah. update for their game. Like they're just swimming in the, in the dollars enough to make a new studio. So that's pretty cool. And I'm sure... It'll, That'll just be even better, greater and better mm-hmm. things for the series going forward and their other games as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And like uh, Total War is the type of series that it's kind of surprising how many games they actually release. Because like I think the last one would have been Total War Warhammer 3. And then before that they had like Troy came out at some point. Um, and then they had like Rome remake which was like a like a remaster mm. of like one of like their most favorite uh historical games and mm. like they just like bounce back and forth of like dropping these these other like they had uh three kingdoms which is mostly historical but it kind of like sways over on that more like fantasy <laughs> side sure. of it um and like but these games just came out like like really not spaced out too much like the overall systems are pretty translatable for like total war games in general so that probably helps a lot that they have like the main base mechanics like in place already um and th- there's probably some assets they just they share amongst mm-hmm. the games to just speed up that uh that uh the push out cycle for games yeah. and, and whatnot let's move on to redfall then um and mm-hmm. i'm sorry to anyone listening who's like man you guys talk about redfall way too much because i feel like it has been a lot like they're doing a lot of trailers and a lot of marketing for this thing and obviously i'm just such an arcane head that i want to talk about all of it but like since that big showcase in the Xbox showcase last summer, they've really been going hard on the marketing, which maybe shouldn't be too surprising. They did the same thing for Deathloop, and I wonder if it's because Arcane, like other than that first Dishonored, still hasn't like become a household name where they are games market themselves. And obviously, with Redfall, Deathloop is our new IP, so they really need to like get the word out there for people to try these things. And I, I imagine though, with the Xbox formula now that they are day one in the Game Pass, like the first time Arcane Studios is going to have a game releasing there. Like that will probably be just that alone is a huge marketing bump for them uh, beyond what their things are before. But uh, I, I say this because like they did the other showcase in like the end of January, I think, or maybe early February, where me and Taylor broke that down. There's a big Redfall display there. And then like two or three weeks ago, me and Tra- Travis were talking about uh, another trailer that they just released, which is kind of just a random trailer thrown out there. And then just a few days ago, they dropped a new trailer, the story trailer this time. And I actually, I do feel like this one was needed to an extent because to this point, we don't really have much of an idea of what the overall story is going to be. And now I think mm-hmm. we have a greater concept of that. But Kirkland, it's been a while since you've been on the podcast talking about Redfall. Obviously, we're going hard on Arcane with mm-hmm. the retrospective. But it's been a while since on SideQuest, we've had Redfall when our weeks have lined up here. So, yeah, I, I just, you haven't really talked about Redfall in a while. So what are you thinking on this thing that you saw more of this? And what do you think of this trailer in particular? Yeah, I um, I mean, Arcane's just been with me these last few months, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so I I haven't like fully escaped the uh, 
like the red full being in, in the back of my mind it's yeah. not hasn't it hasn't been the, f- the forefront of my focus but yeah I'm, I'm i'm still very excited to hopefully be able to run it as long as my pc mm-hmm. r- runs well I, i'm hopeful though because like especially running through dishonored 2 it's like okay this is running smoother than than maybe i was initially okay, nice. expecting it's not ultra graphics or whatnot but as long as it runs it runs mm-hmm. um yeah. but yeah for for redfall i i I mean, like, just the systems are, are so, um, what's the best way to say it? I, I can, like, see that the systems, like, translated over from, like, other Arkane games. And they're systems that I, like, really enjoy of just, like, the overall movement of, of the game. This trailer also had, like, a lot more gameplay of just, like, okay, yeah, no, th- th- this looks like it's going to be lots of fun to go through with friends. Um, and, like, to your point, I, I do think this trailer was, uh, was necessary to come out of just, again, like, to your earlier point, Arcane isn't like the the biggest household name where their their games just sell themselves. Like they do have to showcase at least what's going on in the game. They've had a couple gameplay trailers now, um, but to show maybe a little bit different gameplay moments, but also just tied in with uh, the more story aspect to it and some of the villains that you're going to be fighting. I I feel like I personally didn't need this at all because I I just trust Arcane yeah. so much that I I can just jump yeah. in and I I think I'm going to have a, a grand old time with it. But I really like just the uniqueness of some of the uh, villains that you'll be fighting. They they just really cool designs and the overall art style that kind of translates amongst Arcane games. I I'm I'm glad that they are like maybe uh they're changing it up to to fit the narrative of the story that they want to do but they're they're really staying true to their roots and like really i feel like if i look at a game like death loop or redfall or dishonored 2 or 1 or or anything like that like i can really just see like the arcane stamp on them even without mm-hmm. playing them just like the overall look and i'm i'm so happy they haven't gone away from that cuz i i love the art yeah. style i love just like the the tone and the feel that that you get from their games, even though like sometimes you might be in Dunwall where it's like really dark and 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 just dour, <laughs> and then and something cold like Redfall, and metallic, yeah, 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 exactly, and then like Karnaka, like it's a lot brighter and whatnot, but still a little bit depressive, and then uh, like for Redfall now, like it, it's a completely different f- feel to it where it just everything looks like it's it's apparel and like just it's like a apocalyptic event but it still really feels uh, mm-hmm. like an arcane title and I, I i really like this 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 trailer um but yeah i i don't think i i particularly needed it but i i'm i'm glad it, it still came out cuz i i do want this game to sell really well i uh i i, I want arcane just all the mm-hmm. all the success they can possibly get man with the you know if you're able to play this thing this game has like full cross play just Oh. Me, you and Dante trekking around in and whoever we got Taylor, Travis, whoever. It's games pass, in. right? Yeah, that's yeah, easier for them to slot, jump in. Oh, that'll be that'll be so much fun to do a little yeah. co-op adventuring. I think that alone like changes the vibe of this, and obviously you can play it in single player. So it you know you retract that statement if you're playing it in single player, but that that will just I think change that vibe in terms of being more lighthearted and fun, even if the story here is pretty dark and dour still. Mm-hmm. Uh, and obviously the sunlight is being like sucked away so that these people can continue to live for forever, which is a cool concept. But it's funny when the trailer first kicked off and it's like a kind of a woman's voice and she's saying that she was essentially like this test patient and like one drop of her blood will be is going to change everything and all this stuff. And the way it explains it is that essentially it's pretty classic, but of rich people think about how like dishonor all this corrupt people yeah. at the top uh, are using their means to try and create just immortality essentially which is i think they get what they wanted but they also comes with this vampire side effect which i don't know if they intended to have 
Uh, then we'll have to find out in the story how exactly, how much they knew about what was going to happen here. But that general concept, like it's a it's good enough setup for me. And then, yeah, I, I like this classic thing that Arkane loves to do once again, where it's Dishonored and the targets or mm-hmm. Deathloop and the visionaries and stuff like this. You know, they, they do a really good job of setting up these antagonists, even if you're not spending a lot of time with them on screen, just through dialogue, whether it's computers, whether it's notes uh, or just conversations you're hearing through like audio logs and whatnot. I, I they do such a great job of setting up these villains and it's where like if I saw this trailer from another studio I might think oh these like villains might seem kind of generic and that's kind of how they are now but I know that when I'm in the game and I'm gonna be able to explore and learn all these details about them that I'm probably gonna be really invested in them that I'll be a bit different that they're big huge monsters and I can't mm. talk to them and they're not <laughs> humans and conceivable in that way but they all have a very unique aesthetic and that seems like a good goal to strive towards and uh, you know, it has a bit of that Breath of Wild energy where it's like in Breath of Wild, you're going around this world and there's four divine beasts and you got to take them down and then you can, you know, challenge the big final boss. And I feel like that's what's going to be the same thing here, an open world game where there's four bosses. I'm guessing you can do them in any order. Do you agree with me on that? Do you think yeah, you could probably feels that do way. them? Yeah. yeah, and maybe like there's a better one for what your build is to do first or maybe an easier one. But, you know, obviously Arcane, do things however you want to do. That seems really cool. And then, yeah, I, I feel like they'll, they'll definitely be like some hidden fifth enemy final boss thing at the end of that you know mm-hmm. uh, if that is the structure and let, if it is more linear and you do each one each one i could see the fourth one being the last one that would make sense um but also with this like online element of it i i am curious like i'm sure there will be a credits roll moment but i just feel like structurally it's going to be something quite different from the studio that we haven't seen before so yeah i'm yeah. i'm into the story here once again for me like a big part of the narrative uh, for arcane games is the just environmental storytelling of walking through a town, walking through a house, not even necessarily reading the notes. Obviously that does a big part of it, but even just looking around, you can kind of just infer what happened here. And I think Redfall is going to be great. Just, just, and like even seeing the imagery we get in this trailer and the other ones, like, man, I cannot wait to just trudge through these houses and go looting. And, you know, sometimes a vampire might be hiding in a closet or something. Yeah. But it, it just, Oh man, I, uh, I can't wait. And it's kind of a weird thing too, where it's, you know, the studio that made Prey, like obviously Arcane is two different studios. It's the one that made Prey, but then Harvey Smith, who was like the creative director of Dishonored 1 and 2, is like now over at that studio. So it's him as the creative director with the studio that made Prey. So it's kind of a weird pairing there too, hmm. in a way that I'm interested to see how that uh, how that feels in terms of the design and whatnot. Uh, this was shown off before in the uh, Xbox showcase, but they, you know, have revealed the like, pre-order bonus or the whatever the bite back edition which is like essentially i think the the reason they're doing this as a day one thing uh is that they you know with game pass a lot of people myself included even though i'm a huge arcane guy i'm not really gonna buy the game you know i'm just mm-hmm. gonna jump in day one so instead they have this like bite back edition thing and you can get and it gives you bonuses and then it will give you access to dlc down the road and like the most interesting thing for me there is that there's two new characters that they've said are going to be coming to the game so what do you think about that? Like, we're getting it at least two more characters for a total roster of six here. It's kind of interesting. Uh, we haven't really... I mean, I guess if you think about it like a Dishonored DLC, like, okay, you play as Dowd in this one, but this is just very different. There's going to be six playable characters in this game. Yeah. I, I, I like it a lot because it just, I mean, it adds more uh, maybe replayability of, like, mm-hmm. wanting to go through it as a different character. And uh, if you have a full squad of four... You're probably like most of the time just going to be sticking to your one character if you have a full squad of four, um, unless you know every once everyone every once in a while someone wants to swap around. But um, I I I I'm hoping that they I don't know like just have very unique mechanics 
not just not just from other characters in this game, but like different mechanics that I haven't seen in an arcane game before. Yeah. Because arcane brings some of the coolest game systems that just really make the player uh put in a situation that they can get as creative as possible with the tools that they've been given and i feel like i feel like with the tools that they give you it's it's like you can get more creative than than is necessary and i mm-hmm. I, I love that for arcane and i i really hope that uh that translates over and i like i have no reason to doubt that that wouldn't because they just have such a great track record of making really really fun games and um yeah mm-hmm. i'm i hope it doesn't even stop at, at six there like just keep going if, especially if that sells yeah. well yeah if it's popular that would be Great as well. Yeah, one of the concerns I mentioned when I was talking with Taylor about this was, like, okay, am I going to feel like they're diluting what is like normally like one in depth or two in depth characters across mm. this uh, different these different ones? And like with the idea that like, oh, you play co op though, and you can kind of use all these abilities together. Like, I hope that single player experience, even though day one I'll probably be jumping in with friends and stuff, I hope that I can still for you know years down the road uh, just get a lot of enjoyment out of this. And like, this is a, these games like i want to play every character so i'm going to have yeah. multiple playthroughs i don't know how exactly multiple characters works with in terms of you jumping into a friends game can you just pick a new character mm-hmm. is it like carry over your progress does each character have their own progress is it this whole like I, I don't know how all that works and so we'll see how the dlc falls into that um but i mean you know even looking at this once again like from the studio that in prey in the prey moon crash dlc there's kind of like four or five characters in that that you're switching between in between these like runs and stuff. And so they've kind of done this idea before. And in that it was very much intentionally like, okay, each character is very much only good at one specific thing. <laughs> you could not be a Jack of all trades and mm-hmm. you have to make them kind of work together with their different abilities to uh, accomplish the goal. So I hope this has a little bit of that, but then also each of the characters have enough depth to them that you can have a good experience. If like, Let's say you only do one playthrough, uh, and you or you only play like you know throw a good 20, 25 hours, and you're only going to check out one character. Hopefully, each of those characters is has enough depth to them that you're going to enjoy that time the whole way through. Absolutely, uh, a thought that just popped in my mind. Um, Arcane's becoming this uh, the, the the studio now that has like very iconic like protagonists from their roster whether it's someone like Corvo we got Colt now like we got some really just really mm-hmm. cool characters I would love if they go like a Ubisoft route and just like bring those characters like from like from other games into it obviously they would have to like change the systems Ooh, a little yeah. bit to make it more applicable to this sp- specific title but if, if I don't know if I'm just I get the opportunity to play as doubt or something and go slay some vampires I think that is that would be cool. a really really cool concept but again like I feel like it's not the easiest to translate over because like what you just have his, his one sword or, <laughs> or something do that doesn't really make sense you mentioned Colt I think that would maybe be the easiest one because that yeah. is still a first person shooter which this is kind of that at its core yeah dishonored not really a first like you have a crossbow you have a gun and you can shoot them <laughs> yeah. in a first person Very perspective <laughs> but you wouldn't call them like a first person shooter in that same way so those one that would make maybe the most sense as a translated one over but that would be really cool that's what what the dlc characters were just like some throwback characters like yeah I, I don't know they could get away with just not even explaining it and in terms of like the lore aspect of it and just say like fuck it like we just wanted to do this because it'd be fun yeah but i also could see like this is supposed to be set on like an isolated island you know it would be separated from where dishonor takes place we know that death loop and dishonor in the same world kind of ish technically so i i very much could like see this being in those worlds in terms of the powers once again mm-hmm. uh it's like it's kind of different the way you use powers in Deathloop than the way you use them in Dishonor, whether it's like you're given the mark of the outsider and stuff. But like the fact that like, okay, magic just exists in this world and there's different ways you can access it. 
and we saw it like the the girl who had the, the purple powers in this like she's using all sorts of classic uh arcane sort of mm-hmm. magical abilities and stuff like that so i could see them doing something like that and yeah just saying fuck it corvo's in this game like deal with it have fun i would totally <laughs> be happy with that <laughs> yeah <laughs> that'd be really cool um okay yeah that's coming out may 2nd oh my god it's so soon now it really does it's feel crazy. like it now that we're like pretty much halfway through the the retrospective it's like man this thing's uh coming out sooner than i'm expecting so very much looking forward to that uh how about we take our first break and we'll be right back kirkland i know you've been busy playing mm-hmm. warhammer playing yep. uh arcane stuff yeah. <laughs> yeah like crazy is there any other games you've been playing lately that you want to uh shout out um not really. I randomly just threw on like a Balloons Tower Defense 6 game. <laughs> Go shout out that game, man. I, I feel like, like once I, a year, you're like, I gotta hit some Balloons. Like, right actually, now. yeah. No, like it is that. And I'll just play for like one sitting and I'll just be satisfied for like a whole year. But like, mm. I don't know what it is. I, I have such a such a nostalgia, nostalgic memory for like tower defense games of just like playing on like my iPod touch on like the bus, the city bus going to there and back from school and whatnot and just killing time. And I, I obviously I love my strategy game. So I, I, and balloons tower defense six, it's multiplayer too. I played with a friend a couple of times. It is. Yeah. It's, it's fantastic. But other than that, it's mostly, yeah, just Mm -hmm. dishonored Two. I was playing a lot of that last night. I was, I was homesick from work today. So yeah, I was playing a lot of dishonored Two and getting ready for the the retro there. And, Mm -hmm. but, but yeah, other than that, not so much. I actually played a little bit of Warzone over the weekend. I I, I took like a hiatus from that for a little while, but jumped back in and I still got it. I can still, uh, I can still get some kills. (laughs) Nice. Yeah. I guess you haven't, was that the first time you checked out the new map? Yeah, first time on on uh, Rebirth Ashika Island. Yeah, yeah, that one. I I love the aesthetic and everything for it too. I I really like the map, and I feel like I just got so spoiled with Rebirth that like when the actual Warzone Two came out, it's like this is great, but like just not not my cup of tea anymore. Like I I am just so much more um, uh, like more of a fan of the faster pace action and and, yeah. uh, and all that stuff and the quick revives. I just feel like there's a lot less downtime of just more time having fun. Uh, mm-hmm. killing killing people <laughs> yeah i mean i feel like the win on the bigger maps with no respawn feel they feel a bit better because of the yeah. stakes the scale of it and like the just time investment but it still feels great to get a win on uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> on like ashika island and all that stuff so i i'm still really much enjoying that i haven't played in a couple weeks um but i definitely want to get back in there it's just eternally a good time Absolutely. I got my one solo win on actual wow. Warzone, so I feel like I'm just satisfied nice. with it. <laughs> oh, you mean like on the OG map? On the that OG one? map, yeah. 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 That, that, that was a while back, too. I, mm-hmm. I remember, yeah, I, remember I, that, I, yeah. I got it. I was very proud of myself. And then, yeah, got uh, Rebirth Island. I, I feel like it is still satisfying, though, especially if, it, if it's in like a very combat heavy situation mm-hmm. that you just there's so many teams and because it's such a condensed area yeah. there's just so much more action um yeah. it's very much yeah. geared to my play style i'd say that's good balls yeah, to it's the walls fantastic. chasing kills i love that map there's we've had so many iconic games uh oh, playing yeah. that just like the different closes like just because the map is so well designed there's just so many i can immediately picture in my head of just like some intense final yeah. skirmishes and stuff like that it's i like a good formula 
I like how they have like the tunnel system too. Like the, that, that's really cool mm-hmm. and how it goes. You gotta be careful. You gotta know your know your exit though. I mean, we've had yeah. Like, no, I I've, I've got screwed multiple times just choking on some gas because I can't find the rope to get out of there. But yeah. still, it it is a cool system because it's it adds layers to to the map where um I don't know like maybe the the zone is closing closing a certain area, but like there's really a uh, a more optimal optimal mm-hmm. location to be not just in the zone but like which layer uh of the map yeah. you're kind of being on yeah i mean I, I definitely feel like too another thing that i actually really enjoy is the uh combat like in the water like sneaking around mm. in the water going underneath and just the boats and stuff because that was in all mazra like that the standard map in warzone yeah. 2 but like a couple rivers and stuff like i feel like i interacted with boats like two or three times in water i never really understood the mechanics just because it was yeah. not really used too often but that's something I actually really enjoy, which you would not expect that water combat in a Call of Duty game would be good, <laughs> but it actually is great. And especially when like the final close is just completely in the water and yeah. it's just a total mess. It's it can be a really good time. I, I haven't uh I haven't got my, my boots wet enough, I I, Ooh, I think, yeah. to feel comfortable in there. Taylor has had some crazy highlights. I've I've seen mm-hmm. some videos that he's had in there. He's he's just a little seal or something. He's a great he's swimmer. Swimming there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, good stuff. I, I wanted to shout out just one game today because, yeah, other than I've really just been playing a ton of Arcane stuff, I'm excited for Resident Evil Remake, Resident Evil 4 Remake, I should mm. say. comes out this week, uh, so I'm going to be picking up that, and that'll be, I finally haven't played a new game in a little bit here, so that'll be nice. got a review coming out for that next week, so that'll be fun. I should shout that out at the top, but I forgot. Um, <laughs> so other than that, yeah, I've just been playing a ton of Arcane stuff. I've been playing a bunch of different little Mario games, just kind of getting ready for that ranking by Tech... Uh, test, testing out some stuff, playing out some 3DS stuff, which we'll talk about in a bit here. And then really the other thing was uh, I, I've been playing through Metroid Fusion. Uh, Kirkland, I don't really know what your history is with Metroid. Have you played many Metroid things in your I haven't day? Played, I haven't played a lot. Is is Fusion the, th- the 3DS one? No, no, that's what? Samus Returns or Return okay. of Samus. It's one of those two. Fusion I, w- is uh, one of the Game Boy Advance titles, but they just put it on Nintendo Switch Online. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, I, I, I've i played the... I don't even know if it was 3DS or just regular DS, but it had like a, like a LAN like multiplayer function, and I remember I was at like a friend's birthday party. I didn't even have like Hunters? a DS at the time. Is that Hunters? Yeah, that, that's yeah, exactly yeah. what it was. Hunters is a lot of fun. I, I, I remember having lots of fun with that, and other than that, I think I just played like a little bit of... Um, either the first one or the second one. Like one of the earlier titles okay. um yeah. and really that that's it other than smash but always always been fascinated by it i thought um what was the new dread was, was dread that? Yeah. yeah yeah that Two one I, I was really interested in but just never bit the bullet on it but because uh, you, mm-hmm. you got that one right you enjoyed it i did yeah I, I, it's fantastic it's either my favorite or my second favorite in the series and i've only okay. played like five of them so it's not a huge big deal that it would be that high uh, but I, I love that game, and I have it physical, too. So if you want to borrow it somewhere, like, let me know. I'll, I'll go travel over to <laughs> your neck yeah. of the woods and grab it. <laughs> I'll send it in the water. You can swim. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I really enjoyed Dread, and I've always dabbled a bit. I My first entry into the series was Zero Mission on the Game Boy Advance as well. So it's kind of interesting. It's almost a bit of a full circle moment to go back and play another one on the Game Boy Advance. And like I Zero Mission might still just be my favorite to this day. Part of it is nostalgia, but like it is just a, a great game. And yeah, so I've dabbled in the other ones. I've only played a little bit of Prime. So I've mostly played the 2D ones, and that's what Fusion is, of course. Um, and it's it's been a weird experience. Like it started out really strong. The first like couple hours I was really enjoying. It's that classic uh, Metroid gameplay, you know, unlocking new areas, getting new abilities pretty quickly and all that stuff. Uh, and then I, I like another hour or two in, 
I was getting like a little bit bored by it. And I just felt like the the overall world, the way it was pieced together, was kind of boring. It was just like, okay, there's this one room with a bunch of elevators, and then you just keep going back to the elevator room, and it sends you to the new zone. You mm. explore it, you come back, you go an elevator to this other place. Whereas Dread did a really great job of like the all the areas were connected in a logical way, and there's multiple ways to get in between them, and then there's like a tram system that you could use to do the more fast traveling ways. And so obviously going back to fusion, like obviously this is like 20 years ago now. Mm. So it's not, not going to have that level of iteration that dread had. Um, but then the game starts opening up a bit more and like the systems that you've been building up, like the security systems, elevators you've been unlocking, they just like break down at some point. So then you're like crawling through the walls and stuff like that. And that becomes a really interesting part of it. And now where I'm at, I, I think I am more at a part where, okay, there actually is connections between all those areas, but they were just, hiding them until this later part of the game and you have more powers and you can sneak around in different ways. And so that part of it is all right, but I think it just, it falls a bit short in that this is a criticism I had a couple times in Dread where sometimes you're just completely stuck and you don't really know where to go. And ultimately like what you have to do is just like bomb a bunch of random corners until you find the one hidden block mm. that you're supposed to go through. And in Dread, I, from what I remember, I think there was like a scanner that you could use. So it may, once you got the scanner too, you could just do that and you would be able to find those things a lot easier. But man, there has been so many times in Fusion when I am just stuck. I'm like, I guess I'll just bomb every corner of like this area that I think I'm supposed to be in. And then, you know, like five minutes later, I'm like, okay, I guess I found this little block here. And a couple of them, it's like once I've done, it, I'm like, okay, I guess there was something that was sort of hinting to it. But in the way like games these days, like put yellow, you know, lines on everything <laughs> or like, you know, guiding light toward the door you're supposed to go in. And like just games have gotten really good at telling you where to go without yeah. just explicitly having an arrow on screen. Fusion is not that. It's like it is such a mess to find things sometimes. So I've, uh, I don't know, I've gotten a bit frustrated with it a couple times, but it's, as like most Metro games, it is pretty short. So I am going to see it to the end. I think I'll leave it an hour, hour or two to go based on, because I have to have had to bring up a guide a couple times. I'm like, I have no idea what I'm yeah. supposed to do here. Uh, and then the, the game also gets like pretty hard at times, which I'm not ashamed by this, but I'm definitely cheesing it where on Nintendo Switch online with those games, you can just rewind. You can go back seconds, a minute, even sometimes you can create save slots if you want and just outside of the game itself, like at points, even when the game normally wouldn't oh, let you okay. save. So I'm abusing that big time. And I just did this boss that I do not know how the hell you would beat this boss without the cheesing that it, I, <laughs> even with that rewind feature, I rewinded probably like 30 or 40 times Holy to like, crap. to when I was like getting hit to go back so I could try again. Like that many times. Imagine if I wasn't doing that and I had to go back to my save, go like, you know, trudge through the building, get to that save, that boss fight again and start from the beginning every time. It had so much health. It covers so much of the screen. Since it's a Game Boy Advance screen, like it's pretty small. So you can't see like where it is most of the time. And it's like just fucking brutal. It's called a night, the nightmare. So it kind of makes sense. Okay. I'm like, well, this thing is a nightmare. <laughs> but I don't know. Like if, if it were not for the Nintendo Switch Online, like uh, cheesing that you can do, I don't think I'd ever would beat this thing. I probably would have given up here. And especially if yeah. I was playing this as a kid, if I had this on Game Boy Advance back in the day, there's no way I would have beaten this game. It's impossible. So, uh, yeah, that's definitely a criticism I have of this thing. Just a bit too hard. No kidding. And, like, how far back is the save from the actual boss fight? I mean, the save... Like, with like the, the in save, save... The in-game save, it's not... It's, it's really only a couple rooms away. But the thing is, like, the boss fight probably... would when you If you do the complete run of it... 
would probably take you a good like 10 minutes so just imagine like getting eight nine minutes in like dying having her start from the beginning again and i feel like i have pretty much got all the upgrades that i could to this point all the energy oh, cells okay. whatever those called all the missile packs like i think i'm pretty much loaded up to as much as you can possibly be and there's just like yeah no healing that you get in the middle of this fight either so you're just essentially on uh and he does so much damage it's it's crazy. It's uh, just a bit too much for me, which it's weird because I've always heard people praise this game. People love it. It's maybe one of their top Metroid games and stuff. And I'm just kind of perplexed by that because beyond the difficulty, I just feel like the frustration of not knowing where to go. And like there is some good moments, but even those good moments, like I feel like they're short lived and then it's just back to like tedious stuff again. So I don't know. I, I'm almost playing through it like just because I want to say I've beaten the game, I guess. But even then, it's like yeah. I'm kind of cheesing to get to the end. So I don't know if I... I don't even know why I'm doing it at this point. I should probably just I mean, give up. But there's probably, <laughs> I guess I'm doing it for all the people who say they love this game. And I'm like, <laughs> I want to see it at the end just to like give it a fair shake. And it, I know it's not that long either, so that helps. I feel like majority of people that have probably played that game have not beaten that. <laughs> Cause, I like, would uh, hope so, yeah. Especially like without having like the, the cheese system in place because of the, the, the Nintendo Switch. Mm -hmm. man games are just used to be so hard that's probably why there's just so many that yeah. i played so much but i just don't remember actually rolling credits on <laughs> yeah but i mean yeah even then like zero mission back in the day on game boy advance i don't remember that being an easy game by any means but i was able to beat it without guides and stuff and i beat it like multiple times like it was a game i really enjoyed and i don't remember ever having like frustrations with it and maybe that's just different place and time and stuff like that but it did it did seem like a very stark contrast to what zero mission was and maybe it's because Zero Mission was kind of like a soft remake of the first game. So it was like the game is simpler or something like that, whereas Fusion yeah. is like the fourth in the series or something like that. So maybe that has something to do with it. But because, once again, it is Game Boy Advance, and I just love the pixel art of that that era. I love the music. So the game looks and sounds great. I love Samus' suits in this game, too, look, look amazing. So nice. I, there is still a lot of stuff, great stuff to enjoy. It's just uh, a little frustrating at times. Yeah, no, absolutely. Did, did you... Um, so you bought... My gosh, easy for me to see. You you beat it in just like one sitting, like you just went through those forty tries, right there. For or the boss, like, yeah. For the boss, yeah. I just was like, okay, because I, I, it's one of those things too. Like I don't know how long the boss is, so I keep thinking that I'm almost, I almost got him. His yeah. face is like drooping. Like you me him <laughs> with a missile, and, like his face starts to droop more and more. He's like a weird alien thing, and it's like, <laughs> man, the last few tears of this thing, like he's looking like a evil dead deadite or something <laughs> like that his face is de completely demolished but then he has like another five minutes worth of battling life in him it's yeah there's no health bar over his head so it's unclear oh, that's like, the worst how far along you are just his ambiguous face color and droopiness that is very unclear so I feel like if weird. I'm in situations like that nowadays, I, I just like I just park the game. I come back to it like like the next day or something, you know, sleep, mm -hmm. come back to it. I had that with Dishonored. I was on a certain location. Dishonored 2, I should specify. I was in a certain location. I'm like, I, I don't know what is going on, but this like this is a hard game for me. Maybe I just mm -hmm. played too much Dishonored in my day. It's just so easy coming to Dishonored 2 I haven't played. Um, but, uh, you know, park it, come back the next day. It's like, oh, this is so clear. This is so obvious where I have to go now or, or what I mm -hmm. should be doing here. So yeah. I, I feel like that's that's happened many times, whether it was like Kenna and the, the Bridge of Spirits. There was one boss mm -hmm. that was just kicking my ass, came back to it the next day. First try. No no problem there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I feel like that's a pretty classic thing that I do in uh, like Souls games and stuff, Elden Ring, Dark Souls. Like yeah. I, I, that's That's very effective for me is putting it down come back the next day and just like beat it first try yeah just like coming in with a clear head uh sometimes that's all you need you just gotta let the frustration yeah. go yeah 
Uh, okay, with that, let's. It's a good life lesson too. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it's funny. I, I mean, that is something I noticed too. And uh, you know, I've been climbing religiously for the last oh, year. Oh yeah. And I find that too for like, okay, this problem's destroying me. Like my body's sore. I'm like maybe frustrated. I can't get this move that I feel like I should. And then I'll just like leave it for. And this sometimes I don't even do just like the next day. I'll just come back like two weeks later and try this problem again and just like crush it first try. And it like feels so good. And it's like, man, I guess I've grown in this time that i left this thing behind and gotten yeah. stronger and gotten better and all that stuff so yeah a little bit of a life lesson getting <laughs> in there I like that uh let's transition over keeping in the nintendo realm though to the nintendo 3ds so i shouted this out last week on the podcast that uh the nintendo eShop for the 3ds and the wii u are shutting down on march 27th so if anyone wants to acquire these games legally <laughs> now is kind of the last time to do it uh and of course physical cartridges and stuff will exist forever but those things will go up and up in price and i'm sure as soon as these shops close i like those used game score stores they could just jack these prices up immediately <laughs> yeah. because the uh there's not a 40 dollars version on the e-shop and stuff like that so just uh, first of all a reminder to people if you yeah. do want to get those things Go right now and do it. It is a bit weird. You got to connect your 3DS account to your Switch account, and then you have to buy it on the website. It is a mess, but you know it. That's why you should look into it now and not on the 27th and get frustrated when it's not working and stuff like that. So, uh, but yeah, we wanted to do just talk about the 3DS a little bit, and I was thinking about doing a solo episode for this, but it's weird. Like the 3DS is. I, I do like it, but it's like the 3DS and Wii U era for me were definitely a spot in my Nintendo history when I still got the consoles, but I was definitely much less into Nintendo at that time. Largely, I was just playing a ton of Melee, honestly. I was going to so many tournaments and stuff that like I did not care about anything modern that Nintendo was doing, but I was also like playing more PC things or you know, on the PS4 or Xbox 360 still. And that was just definitely like when I was playing less Nintendo things. So it's, it, they're not a, a series of, you know, the Wii U and the 3S, not consoles that I have a huge affinity for necessarily. But in this last year, since they announced the 3DS closing, I've been checking out more titles for it. I've been looking for things at those game shops when I go, see what's like on a good price or what's on the eShop on sale and stuff like that. I've been picking up some stuff and finding more an enjoyment for it once again. And I did have some games I liked back in the day, but I never really owned that many. Um, and so I wanted to like, yeah, do this conversation with you because yeah, I, I don't feel like I solo cast. I don't know if I have the juice in me to do this topic all on my own, but I did want to dedicate something to specifically the 3DS. I'm sorry. I am kind of shafting the Wii U here, but the Wii U is a weird case where almost all the great games from that console have been ported to switch aren't available in other ways. And the 3DS is weird because it has the double screen. So obviously like a lot of those things, just will not get ported or can't easily get ported to a switch mm -hmm. or to any other console and uh whatnot so uh, first of all I was, i'm curious because i know you have a 3ds or at least you did because you played awakening yeah but i don't even know like did you even really play much 3ds do you have any great memories with it why did you pick it up in the first place i feel yeah. like i've probably talked to you about this years and years ago but i can't recall anymore so what's up with that yeah i uh I do have a 3DS. I have a, a nice little blue one. Not the big, like, XL version. I okay. remember being jealous of my friend that got one of those. It's like, damn, I just wish I had a bigger screen. And that, <laughs> that is nice there. I uh, I bought it at my first job ever, <laughs> working, the, working in the kitchen. And I just, I, I think I just randomly, I had, like, an... I had an itch to just jump on like Pokemon or something. Like I just okay. really wanted like that handheld. I never had like a 
like a maybe like a Game Boy like non-color like the original Game Boy <laughs> way back in the oh, day crazy. uh hand me down but like really like no Game Boy Advance no Game Boy Advance SP like my cousin always had one or like friends around me always had them and I I was always jealous of them just like being able to play these like Pokemon titles and I, I I never had them and yeah I just really wanted to jump onto Pokemon so I think around the time uh, X and Y were coming out that's when I got mine mm. um, and Pokemon X I played the absolute shit out of that game that's that's probably it's probably my most played Pokemon game out out of all the titles I I really nice. really enjoyed it as well probably just because that was like the one I actually had. Um, had lots of fun with it too. Another big reason why I wanted to get the 3DS was um, around that time I had heard that they were bringing like certain Legend of Zelda games that I hadn't played to the 3DS. One being Ocarina of Time. Mm-hmm. I believe Majora's Mask was on it there is, as well. Yeah. So yeah, a bunch of titles that I, I I always heard were just phenomenal, but I never got the chance to play them because I never had like an N64 or something. Uh, so I thought it was really cool that they're coming to those handheld titles and. Uh, so yeah, like that, and that was pretty much like I th- I don't even know what other titles I I have on my 3ds other than like Awakening that you lent to me that I mm-hmm. I still have you know <laughs> I know I was lo- I mean like yeah. I brought it all my games and I'm like I don't see Awakening here I guess Kirkland's <laughs> it's right here yeah I got it it's in <laughs> safekeeping um so yeah like Fire Emblem and then just yeah just Pokemon uh really and then the big like jump up was the Switch uh because I yeah. I feel like it just everything that i wanted out of the 3ds uh translates over to the switch which is funny because the switch isn't 3d <laughs> mm-hmm. i don't think i ever really used the 3d function for the 3ds it was mostly just it was the newest ds at the time and that's that's what i was jumping on it for yeah i feel like most games that i've played did not really use it in any way that i found that interesting i'd use it yeah. sometimes here or there i almost just used it because I felt like I should. I'm like, oh, I bought this thing. Like, <laughs> yeah. I should use this feature. I, I do think Fire Emblem Awakening actually was one of the best ones for it because it would have the weather effects and stuff. There would be like snow yeah. or like the wind and looked stuff. Cooler. Yeah. And yeah, like it would make the, make the maps feel like just bigger and better because, you know, they'd have like the buildings and the structures and stuff. And yep. It would help to outline like what where the walls were and stuff, which sometimes in Fire Emblem games, it is a bit unclear yeah. with the 2D art style, like where exactly the borders are and stuff like that. So I feel like, yeah, Awakening strangely was like one of the ones that actually did it the best. Uh, and yeah, some games, like obviously most ga- all games, like allow you, you can just turn the 3D off. So that would not necessarily be an issue when they're porting the games. But yeah, and even so many games too, like have the bottom screen functionality but like they're not really any meaningful use of the double screens. You know, it is a very mm-hmm. few titles that actually use that in a I can't even really remember what, what Fire Emblem does. Like cuz the top screen is where the battle would show. Yep. And then obviously and the bottom screen would be like you clicking around and stuff. But when you're in a I'm trying bottom, to think now. What it would, would like what? show like your inventory as well. Like oh, like okay. like, yeah, like yeah. if you had a character selected to like show their face, their stat and like kind of like their inventory there. So it was a it, it was a nice way of not having to like bring up that menu like mm-hmm. in the middle of the of the the actual grid screen or whatnot. Like you you could kind of reference reference it there, but yeah. Nothing nothing too crazy there. Yeah, I uh going back to just the hardware itself though, like I remember really loving just the feel of it. I liked having the the trackpad. I, I forget yep. what, they, what they called there, but I, I felt that that was really good. And you still have the D-pad to do, like, I don't know, for platformers or even for Fire Emblem, it's nice to do that. But I really like the trackpad. It's one of those things I always worry is going to, like, break and then, like, I won't be able to use this thing anymore in, like, a Joy-Con-y sort of way. But I, I really like the hardware, and I do have the XL one here. 
I actually I have oh, the yeah. like I have the Mario uh like the or the, it was the Luigi 30th and the year of Luigi 30th anniversary one and then I put uh, into the breach a couple into breach stickers on there Very the Zelda nice. sticker that's really cool so I really like the look of this one it's kind of like the that's awesome one. yeah yeah I just put these stickers on there and now I'm like I'll in love mine. with this thing again yeah I want to <laughs> see it I want to see it uh but yeah I mean it's the the screen like yeah, I have the 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 XL one as well and the screen is humongous uh which is great and okay i want to see kirkland's here so it was close you, you got the blue one yeah i actually have stickers on there as well i completely oh, forgot okay. i have those are characters from attack on titan nice so they're like it's a little dusty actually it's kind of gross yeah i was gonna say is that an yeah. effect on there but it's just <laughs> <the dust? laughs> clearly i haven't touched it in a little while uh but i do have awakening in there right now nice look at that see it's in safekeeping Beautiful. I got it right here. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> I yeah, love no, those cartridges I, I love too. The thing. little gray kind of SNES yeah. sort of cartridges that they have for it. So as you can see, very small compared to yours. Yeah, you don't have the. Ugh. I got the XL screen on there. Oh, Look at that thing! So jealous. Nice. It looks it's so good. Monster. And yeah. like, I do love the trackpad and everything on this thing, but because it is smaller, I found like if I'm really like using mm. it a lot, I would just get like a hand cramp or something. Like it's just oh, not ergonomically. Bad correct for like what it should be but i think they perfected it with the xl uh for just like ergonomics at least i know that and joy cons too it's like they design these things for fucking babies to hold man like <laughs> yeah. i don't know like come on like throw us a bone and, over here and to your point with the trackpad like i i did have that thought like i think i'm just gonna break this every time i like yeah. move this around it just feels very flimsy and classic nintendo mm -hmm. quality where it's just very plasticky but i mean yeah. it hasn't broken so clearly they know what they're doing Mm -hmm. Yeah, so for me, the uh, the reason for getting actually both 3DS and Wii U was I, I didn't get either of those at launch. But even though I was a big Nintendo guy, uh, I had you know I had a DS and Wii at that time. But like I said, I wasn't playing a ton of new Nintendo stuff. But the selling point for me was Super Smash Bros. Four. That's just like no matter where I am in my life, I will if, even if I'm not playing video games, I'll buy the new Nintendo console to get the new Smash Bros. Like that's just my favorite series. So I need to be in there and also the uh, the reason why you might think okay well why'd you get both consoles then if you just wanted to play it but because they released the 3ds version like months before the wii u one so i was like okay well mm. i guess i got to get both of these because i definitely want the wii u console version the bigger screen with the gamecube controller and all that stuff but i'm not going to wait an extra six months or however many months it was to play this <laughs> thing i need it right now uh so i got it in preparation for smash 3ds but I got it a few months beforehand, and I think Fire Emblem Awakening was like the game that I bought the console with to have something to check out right away. And that was great too, right? Because that was very much uh, one of the great Fire Emblem games. It had mm -hmm. been a few years since I'd played a great Fire Emblem game too, so it was, in, it was at a perfect time as well. And so it was a really good time to get into the 3DS. And then, yeah, Smash, I still remember, like me and Clinton... Uh, on the day that came out, we were like at Walmart waiting for the store to open so we get this 3DS cartridge. And then we just like sat in his car and played for like hours because we just like <laughs> could not wait even to go home to do this thing. We just sat there, just played all the time. They had like a demo with only like, four characters. I played that to hell. I was just so excited about the new Smash. And for me too, as a huge fan of the series, to have a portable version of that was yeah. like the coolest thing ever as well and now obviously on the switch <laughs> like the ultimate you can just play in your handheld version too which weirdly i don't know if i've ever done uh now that it like exists i actually kind of prefer the 3ds in terms of being the handheld console for smash because i'm just so set on the gamecube controller for playing these games that it's hard for me to 
not use those. Like it doesn't yeah. feel the same. But yeah, Smash 3DS is still a great game. And even though it's kind of been outclassed by the Switch version of the game, it still is fantastic. And it had that Smash Run mode, which was exclusive to yeah. that, which was really, really cool. Did you, did you, you didn't you were, have Smash on You reminded games, me. No, I, I did actually. Oh, you did? Okay. I, I remember, like, I think it was pre podcast even. Like, you, me, Travis, and Taylor were hanging out playing Smash or something back when I just absolutely hated the game, getting yeah, bopped yeah. constantly. And then. I was like, well, I have like a 3DS and I know there is like that 3D version, so mm-hmm. might, might as well I call it the 3D version, the DS version. <laughs> I never really played it in 3D, but yeah, that Smash Run mode was actually really, really fun it was and great. very unique to the series, if I if I remember correctly. Like it's not yeah. in other other titles, right? Yeah. In so a way, it was really similar good. to Brawl, like the Subspace Emissary in terms of the platforming mm. sequences and the campaign and whatnot, but in terms of it being like this five minute bite sized battle that you're doing and then... What not? Like, yeah, very unique. And it's something I definitely want to come back because it was, it was fantastic. It was a ton of fun. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, and then I guess to the, in, the history of the console, like it was being supported up until I want to say like 2019 in a very real way. So even like post-Switch, because uh, I think in 2019 is when the new Nintendo 3DS came out, which was like a more power. It was like the 3DS Pro essentially. And then they had like the 2DS version, obviously. Um, but the new <laughs> yeah, Nintendo 3DS was like the more powerful version. And then there was there was a couple like notable exclusive games for that that could only run on the stronger one. That was like Fire Emblem um, uh, Hero or Warriors, I guess. Yeah, Fire Emblem Warriors. Uh, Binding of Isaac, which was one of them. And then I, I want to say it was some other Nintendo first party, but I can't remember what the other one was. But I remember like... Man, both of those would be fantastic 3DS games, especially Binding of Isaac, like, would be a fantastic one. And I would definitely debate it, like, man, should I get this new 3DS for, to check out some of these new games? And in the end, I'm glad I didn't, just because there wasn't a ton of support for the 3DS after that point. Obviously, the Switch selling like crazy, and they just essentially pulled out from the 3DS at that point, didn't develop any other first-party games. And then mm-hmm. even third-party support was pretty minimal at that point, because why not put everything on the Switch if that's going to be this huge selling thing and yeah it's it has the uh the mobile aspect combined with the home console version so yeah they, obviously with the th- switch coming out you would expect that it wouldn't be too long for them to support the 3ds but yeah i guess that what makes me about sad about this is just like once again with the dual screen stuff just like man a lot of these games now are just going to be unavailable for maybe ever like i don't know if nintendo will ever go back and do another double screen console they did the ds the 3ds but like, if they always continue to make a hybrid console from here on out, and they never actually make another standalone handheld, these games are just kind of lost to time in a way. So uh, it's a bit of bum- bit of a bummer, but I understand that's that's what happens. It is strange. I have yeah. seen like emulators on on PC with the double screen, so right. at least there is like you know if a youngin is growing up and <laughs> doesn't have yeah. access to a 3DS but really wants to play some of these titles that. To your point, like there, it's not like it's going to get ported to a modern system if it has two screens on there. Like an emulator is totally something separate. Um, so I, yeah, because I, I, I think although there's not many titles that I really pull from, I still think that uh, I still think it was a cool idea. And mm-hmm. Nintendo, I, I diss them all the time, but I'll, I'll, I'll never uh, discredit their like just creativeness on, yeah. on, on, on creating some of these just really really unique things and sometimes very questionable but (laughs) yeah absolutely uh why don't we take our last break and then i want to talk more about some of these specific games on the 3ds okay we are back so we're talking about fire emblem let's keep the conversation going on that because the 3ds is actually a great 
home for uh, Fire Emblem in particular. Awakening, obviously, a huge point for the series. And then you had the Pokemon version with the kind of Conquest, the Fates, the, the you know, the three versions, Birthright, Conquest, Fates, uh, that game, or three games, however you want to classify it. And then it had the remake of, I think, Fire Emblem 2 with uh, Echoes, Shadows of Valencia. So those are all like three like pretty big deal Fire Emblem games. I think Awakening, if you're only going to get one, like definitely get Awakening. Yeah. That's, that's the one to get. But Echoes, Shadow of Valencia is a fantastic game as well. Really, really good remake. It does a lot as a remake. It ton- adds a ton of new features and stuff like that. And then also is the only way that you can play that game because the original one... Uh, it was only released in Japan, and it's on like the NES or something. So that's obviously never been done. <laughs> um, and it looks great and all that stuff. And I, I really had a good time with it as well. So that is, I think, a sore point. And then also with the Fire Emblem Warriors as well. Like that's pretty cool. That was on the 3DS. So like four pretty cool Fire Emblem games that uh, this thing had. But yeah, Awakening definitely a standout point. I know we talked about that a million times, mm-hmm. uh, me and you on the podcast. But man, Awakening is fucking fantastic. And that, like, I, I remember that one even brought us together before podcast days yeah. working at Target because um, a, yeah. a streamer I used to watch, shout out to the odd one. Uh, he, oh, yeah, I missed that guy. Yeah. yeah, mostly like League of Legends, but he would just randomly like just stream Fire Emblem. And I had never heard of that series ever. And I was just random. Like, I used to follow him all the time on Twitch and he was playing it. And I was I was like, what is this game? Like, it's very anime. I'm very into anime. So, like, this is very intriguing. It's got just strategy elements to it. And there's like mm-hmm. a lot of just like getting personal with the characters and like those like relationships amongst each other i'm like this is this is insane like i've never <laughs> heard of this before uh and then yeah I, I i think i was talking or yeah i think i was working with you and i saw it there and i'm like oh i think i want to try this game You're like dude no i'll, I'll lend it to you and then you know the rest is history we totally bonded from you that. still have it till this <laughs> I very still day have it. yeah i'm never giving it back all funny enough i'm pretty sure i've given it back and then i'm like hey i never beat that game can i get I that think back? so i think so and it's i have so much other strategy games to play that like i don't know when i'll be doing a replay of awakening it'll probably be a while i'm still playing through engage in the in the moment yeah. so it'll be a bit before i get to that uh, you mentioned that uh, the, the couple of Zelda games as well piqued your interest. Did yep. you ever pick up any? Um, Ocarina, Ocarina of Time was okay. lent to me by... <laughs> I'm just a thief or something because I still have that game. I'm pretty You're the sure reason <laughs> they just gave you the shop. You didn't spend any money. <laughs> um, I well, I, I did buy like the... Um, I can't remember if it was the original legend of zelda like the like the top down one where you go to like to the right i of the think they have a couple of the early games over. on the eShop. yeah so i i did purchase a couple of those i, I think it was one and two uh those ones are very difficult actually mm-hmm. and, and very like hard to figure out kind of where you're going so yeah. i ca- i think i kind of got stuck at least on on the first one there but yeah never got around to getting majora's mask um now that i have the option to kind of get that on the uh on, is it the Switch now that they have? Oh, look at yeah, you. Yeah, they have both those uh, both those on the Nintendo Switch Online, as well as like every Zelda game that you just mentioned. Like they, All yeah. those now are on the service. But of course, you're, you don't own those when you're subscribing to that service. So at some point, no. Switch support will be gone, uh, just like the 3DS. And yeah. <laughs> these games will get pulled off, and you don't own them, so you can't, just, you can't play them anymore. So that's yeah. kind of an unfortunate thing with Switch Online. But, you know, it's worth mentioning for those two games, like... The 3D versions for Majora's Mask and Ocarina of Time are soft remakes, remasters as well, right? So when you go back and play those Nintendo Switch Online ones, you're playing the N64 version. And uh, particularly for the Ocarina of Time, like the bottom screen functionality of having your inventory and stuff there is a great, great help for that game. Especially Mm -hmm. the point people always bring up is the Water Temple, which is such a pain in the ass in that game because you have to constantly take on and off these steel boots so you float and stop floating. Um, But on the 
3DS version, you just like tap it on your screen, so you don't have to keep going into your Very menu, nice. which on the N64 is kind of laggy and stuff. So uh, it, it like, yes, you can still play them on Nintendo Switch, but it, at least for Ocarina of Time, I think this is probably the best version that yeah. the game's ever been released in, which is pretty cool. No, I I, I agree too because I that was the first time I had actually played Ocarina of Time like ever. Mm-hmm. I, I yeah, that's over, a crazy thought. Yeah. yeah, and like I had been to a friend's house that had played it on the N64, and like I'm playing on this little tiny screen, and still mm-hmm. I'm just like I can't believe how good the graphics look now <laughs> on this game. Like it's <laughs> such an improvement there. Um, I I. I again, I wish I had the larger screen just for like overall enjoyment of it because the screen is very small. But yeah, I, I am really glad that I have that uh, that Ocarina of Time. And like I, I, I feel like I didn't know that uh, that was the only one that kind of had that re- remake remaster. So huh, who knows? Maybe I'll have to peruse on the eShop, collect yeah, myself a uh, Majora's Mask. And yeah, I think I think Majora's Mask has the pretty much the same quality of life elements that Ocarina of Time. I don't even know. I don't even know if I've booted that up on my 3DS. I bought it because I. I love the concept of Majora's Mask, but like playing it, it's just such stressful. a difficult and stressful <laughs> and hard and scary game that I just, I, I, I'm glad I own it. I don't know why I own it, but I, I, I even still have the N64 cartridge, but now I have it twice, I guess, and I'll never play it. I'll always just watch speed runs of that game, which I really enjoy yeah. as well. Um, but yeah, and then also, so I've not actually played this yet, but I picked it up because I'm scared uh, that these sh- games are going to be gone forever. Can't really read that, but uh, Zelda, A Link Between Worlds was the new Zelda game on the 3DS. Okay. And so I haven't booted it up yet because I just got it a few days ago. But like reviews for this thing are insane. I think it has like 95 on Metacritic or something. And Holy just shit. like everything I've always heard about it. And I don't think there's really a weak Zelda game. Like even the bad ones would maybe just be like those super early ones that are hard to get into now. But like in terms of the anything more modern, it's like, yeah, no, Zelda's like bar is just so high that even the lesser ones are still great. And mm-hmm. so everything I hear about this game makes it sound like it is fantastic. I don't really know what the key mechanics are in it, but I will probably be checking that out at some point. I kind of want to dabble in it before Tears of the Kingdom comes out because similar to that Mario ranking, I want to do a Zelda ranking. So I want to check out some of that game as well. Um, so yeah, that's definitely one that... Uh, see, that's like a, definitely one of those ones that, man, when that's gone, that's gonna that sucks that that game will just be lost to time. I, yeah. That one is a chance where like Nintendo could do a remake remaster or just like essentially a non 3ds port where they take away the bottom screen functionality and stuff and and make it work on the switch like yeah it's zelda but you never know it just might never exist again so the other one that popped to my mind i i i can't remember if it was a 3ds title or just a regular ds title but for phantom hourglass that was the just regular ds DS. oh okay i i remember playing that one and uh just i just found how like well a Legend of Zelda game actually works with the dual screen functionality because in that one you could actually just like there was like a notepad that you could just like draw on or like make mm, notes for cool. yourself as you're going along and like some of those puzzles are so good to like make a little note like okay no this is here and you don't have to bring up a screen or anything like it's just mm-hmm. right there on the bottom half of your DS just I, I remember play like I, I I think it was like my aunt's DS or something like I, I, I played it briefly but still I had enough to I had enough playtime on it to realize like how well that could actually work on on a DS system like that. So it is kind of sad going forward that if we never see a dual screen functionality device yeah. again, we're just kind of we're getting away from that. Um, I, I, think I don't that even was know a feature how feature that was like just built into the 3DS too. I don't know if I used it a ton, but I think there is just like a notepad that you can go to in the middle of your games yeah. and stuff. At least because I'm remembering that in the case of Metroid, and maybe it's just Metroid. What is the game called? Samus Returns. I, like that might have just had a note kind of feature implemented mm. too, where you could put things on the map and you could add notes and tags and stuff like that. 
But yeah, I think that is just like a 3DS general feature as well. Okay. Um, there you so go. That's pretty cool. Uh, and then, yeah, another like kind of big one, I guess, is Luigi's Mansion Dark Moon, which I think Travis is always like, you know, he loves Luigi's Mansion, but that wasn't, I think that's why he bought a 3DS was to play Dark Moon. And then he's like, this game kind of sucks, didn't like it. That is another one as well that I found for like 15 bucks. So I haven't booted it up yet, but I'm excited to check that out because I, I like Luigi's Mansion. I like the third one as well. I like them enough. So it feels like uh, I definitely want to play that whole trilogy there, play the middle game. Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned Pokemon as well. Yeah, I, yeah. I'm i curious what, like, what was your Pokemon history to that point? Because uh, then, yeah, X being the, the one that you'd say is your, your favorite. Yeah, I, um, I, because I never had like a, I think it was Game Boy Color that was like kind of like the OG ones with yeah. um, like what would it be, like Leaf Green and like those mm-hmm. titles. Yeah. I, I never had it, but like just again, like being around friends that had them, I just I, I was always envious of that. That was another thing that I remember when I like dra- jailbroke like my iPod Touch, like I was able to find like a like an emulator for nice. that. So then that's when I like actually experienced like Leaf Green for the first time. And man, what, what, what a great time that was. Um, but yeah, so... I really don't have like much like firsthand Pokemon experience like aside from the show just being like on on the YTV or whatever mm-hmm, growing up like yeah. I I always watch that show and because like Pokemon cards were really relevant too when we were growing up so like I I'd always just been around Pokemon but uh the first like outlet definitely wasn't just from the video game um and like that's where i was saying like pokemon x i don't even know if that's like a well-regarded title but like in my mind that's th- that's the best pokemon game because that was just the one that i fully got into that was the first one i got like a shiny pokemon on too shout nice. out to my level 100 shiny articuno i i wow, still got on, nice. on that on my device here oh i guess it's not on the cartridge but uh yeah, yeah. so i i i love that game so much and yeah i I don't have any really other titles that like sh- like bounce out to me. I-, I have one friend that's really big in- into Pokemon. Like he just wants to complete the Pokedex. So every time like he gets like Sword and Shield, he'll buy like both titles like right, right then and there. But he only ever plays the one because like he'll he'll get his Pokemon and then transfer it over through like the Pokebank. So then uh, shout out to you, Tyler. Not not any of the Tylers that you know because we know so many Tylers. But uh, <laughs> another mm-hmm. Tyler who uh, just lent me yeah the the sword title. So I have that on the Switch. I think that or like, I can't even remember if it was the Sword or the Moon one. Whatever whatever. Sword one yeah, was. Sword and Shield are on the Switch. Okay, then then it is that title then that he's lent to me. I I haven't even really plugged it in. <laughs> I don't and maybe think. Sun and Moon as well. I think that might be. I can't remember. And now there's yeah. like Scarlet and Violet. Um, yeah. I think the 3DS had quite a few, right? Because yeah, X and Y, as you mentioned, uh, I feel like Sun and Moon was a 3DS thing. That actually does sound correct now that I'm thinking about it m- a bit more. Hmm. Uh, I want to say there was another one. And then I had, a, it's funny that your like big Pokemon experience was on the 3DS, because mine was too, actually. not a, I've oh. not really played too many Pokemon games. In fact, I've played more of the spin-off things than the actual like just standard games, but I had the same experience where my cousin had original Game Boy and yeah, one of those original uh, Pokemon games. And I always just thought it was the coolest thing and always wanted to play it. But yeah, the, my big jumping in point was with uh, Omega Ruby, I think oh, it was okay. on the 3DS. And yeah, that was like still remains to be my like favorite one. Not that I've played many since then, but yeah, I just had a, a great time with that. So I feel like the 3DS was really a pretty thriving era for Pokemon. Yeah. And beyond that too, like to, to your point, like the bank and stuff like that, there was, there's all sorts of other apps that if you're a big Pokemon fan, like, Make sure in these next few days you like go download some of that stuff because I, I think there's even a couple of those free things like bank and whatnot maybe free that you just download mm. them so you should do that now before yeah. you can't anymore and stuff so absolutely yeah, um, 
Let's see what else. I, I uh, recently picked up Mario Tennis Open on the 3DS, <laughs> nice. um, which uh, is actually really cool. Like mechanically, it's a very interesting game. Where like, I guess the central mechanic of it is that there's like on your bottom screen you have the different types of moves, whether it's like a cut or like backspin, topspin, things like that. Uh, and there's like seven or six or seven different like button like ways you can hit the ball. And then it, like on the court uh there'll be like the, these little circles will pop up and they they have a different color to them and in your goal is like if you hit the ball in that circle and you hit it with the same color that matches like the top spin is oh, red okay. or you know yep. backspin's blue whatever it is then you get like a an even like stronger hit and it's just it's one of those like mario sports games because they they always go back and forth between like super arcadey like super mario uh strikers or Mario Strike is charged on the Wii, and then like something like Battle League, which is like way more mechanics focused and not so, not so much about those like crazy Mario Party ish things. It's like more about like tight mechanics, and so I feel like Tennis Open is more in that realm of things where it does seem like a very mechanics heavy thing. Whereas you know I remember when we played Mario Tennis on N sixty four for Gauntlet and stuff. It's just a mess of like spamming special moves and Luigi or oh, Luigi's yeah. doing his like swimming thing and like all these flower attacks and it's just a total mess and it's fun for what it is, but I, it's nice to have a mix of like, okay, there's like these crazy ones, but then there's also just the more like mechanics heavy ones. And like, man, I was going through one of these tournaments in open. And it was like, it was fucking hard. Yoshi is crushing me over here. I had to like <laughs> work pretty hard. I was playing as Diddy Kong. I, I was happy to see him in there too. So definitely recommend that. Like that's been a lot of fun playing through uh, that game. And there's a, there's a ton of sports games, ton of, Mario parties and stuff on the on the 3DS. I, I can't justify spending hundreds of dollars to get all of them, um, but tennis I found for a nice price, so that's been a good fun playing that. Mario one. Party on there, eh? That's kind of surprising. There's like for me. four of them. <laughs> it's oh, crazy. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah. Is it like ones that like are on uh, other consoles as well that like translated over to the 3DS, or are they 3DS exclusive? I, I think some of them might be a situation where. It's on like the Wii U and the 3DS, so there you can get like whichever version you want. Mm -hmm. It's like slightly different on the handheld, and obviously it's like got the double screens and stuff like that. But obviously right. Wii U is going away as well. But yeah, I know one of them is like Mario Party, the top 100, which I think is like a hundred of the best mini games essentially from across the series that oh, you can okay. play in there. And then there's like just some random new one, and maybe there's one that are like remasters or something of the Wii versions or something like that. But I know, when, once again, just going on the eShop, you put in Mario, and there's like 30 Mario games on the 3DS alone, right? So it's like, <laughs> it's so impossible to just conceptualize all these things, and it's hard to justify getting all of them, and like, you know, especially in this short time period. And yeah, yeah it sucks that, like, Nintendo, wouldn't it be great if in this last month, at least, they put, like, huge sales on all these things, you know? So you can get, like, 80% off on some of these things that are going to be gone potentially forever for some of these yeah. games. Because there have been some publishers that have done that. Like, I think Capcom is doing a pretty big sale on there and a couple other ones. And I'm, I'm hoping in these next few days that some other publishers go and just put huge sales on these things before they're gone forever. But yeah, Nintendo at this point, I think it's pretty clear they are not, not going to do that. So all their games are... I mean, it's the 3DS games, so they're not, you know, $80 or anything like that. But still, they add up, especially if you're trying to get Pokemon and stuff. There's two versions. Yeah six of them on there it's like it gets pretty expensive if you want to get this stuff and if you're not into pirating games um mm -hmm. which i don't know i will do it here or there i guess but like generally i like to buy and own things and mm -hmm. whatnot so for me i guess it feels a bit more dire when the store goes down yeah no I, and like i feel like there'll be titles that s some people will be interested in but like yeah if it is still in that 50 60 dollar range it's probably mm -hmm. 
they're just probably gonna have to let it go <laughs> and just yeah. never get a chance to play it damn you nintendo exactly which i mean yeah to an extent like obviously if they're not profitable in the 3ds anymore and it's just costing them money i get it but yeah from definitely the game preservation standpoint it's just sad to see some of these things yeah. going um i wanted to quickly rifle off of, i've like i made a list here of things that i'm like oh man should i buy this in this this next week here so just put these on people's radar potentially but there's like once again like four or five like mario and luigi games which are kind of like the Paper Mario games are like RPGs uh, mm. with Mario Bros, which are I've not really played any of these as I mentioned. So it's like I've I'm interested in checking them out, but it's so hard to justify all these ones. But the one that looks really cool to me is Mario and Luigi Bowser's Inside Story, where you like literally go inside of Bowser and the whole game like takes place on like this molecular level where you're going through his like intestines and stuff like that. Osmosis Jones. <laughs> yeah, exactly, <laughs> it's that kind of thing. Magic school bus moment. And, like, I don't know. It just looks, like, really cool. So I think I might pick up that one. Um, Kid Icarus Uprising. Of course, that's a series that has not had too many entries. Um, I definitely want to pick this one up just because this was from Sakurai. Like, the guy who makes Smash Bros. Like, just in between Smash Bros., he made a Kid Icarus game. And, like, I just really want to see what's up with that. Uh, I want to check it out. Um, Pocket Card Jockey. I've not played it yet, but it's just like in all these, I've listened to so many podcasts now and watched so many videos of people like these are the must play games on the 3DS before they like get these before the shop goes down. And that's always one of them. Pocket Card Jockey. Just weird. I think it's like a Game Freak game. So the Pokemon creators just made some weird one off kind of thing. Uh, I could be wrong about that, but look into that. Uh, Dragon Quest 7 and 8 are apparently some of the best in the series that are just kind of going to be lost to time after the stores go offline. Apparently, the Mario Golf on uh, uh, 3DS is really good. Let's check that out. Push Mode, this other like, uh, puzzle game. So, those are just a few shout-outs for me. And then, I mean, I, th- I think for me personally, it would be like, get Fire Emblem Awakening and Shadows of Valencia. But if you'd only get one, get Awakening. Uh, probably Zelda is you should probably get. Take a look at some of the Mario stuff. Maybe you want to get a couple of those. And obviously, if you're a Pokemon person, like you should be scared and you should get all these games. <laughs> Especially <laughs> if you are like like your friend Tyler and you want to transfer over to some of these Pokemon that are yeah. you know, exclusive to this stuff. If you're like, a collector. Yeah, you're going to need to do some of that. And I think you can even do that. Like if you have, if you get like Leaf Green or whatever that's on, they have like those old ones, a couple of those old ones on the 3DS shop. You can like get those and transfer those Pokemon forward into bank and then bank into your Switch and stuff like that, which is, it's cool that you can do that. Uh, so mm-hmm. obviously if you're a hardcore Pokemon person, you probably already know about this stuff, but you should uh, get on that before this thing goes down. Yeah, no, absolutely. I was just checking at my own titles to uh, to try and see yeah. which ones. I I had a Mario title on there. I I couldn't see it in my my save data or anything like that. But it was it was like a 3ds centered one where it had like 3d like elements. 3D land maybe. Yeah, one yeah, that, that that that's what it was. My my sister got me that one. Nice. Um, so that was the Mario title I had on there. I had the first Legend of Zelda, then Legend of Zelda two. Um, mm-hmm. whatever the subtitle Link is. The past, I was yeah, it or? yeah, I. I it sounds right. Well, there's also like yeah, there's Zelda two, but I think Link to the Past is a big deal. So that, that yeah, so I, I had those two titles, and then I mean just the other ones that we've already talked to or talked about today. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So there you go. I think that's gonna be it. Because by the time this time next week, I mean the uh, the shop will kind of be offline or just about to kick it. So uh, yeah, good final reminder there. Thank you, Kirkland, for joining me on this discussion because I definitely our... want to rave about it. But yeah. 
I'm happy we just have like our DSs here too, just mm-hmm. like in, in the retirement party for them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> they the still function so well. They, the they funeral, have so much life yep. left in them. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, yeah. So once again, thank you for joining. Thank you everyone for listening. Next week, once again, Resident Evil Four remake review. If you have any questions or thoughts on that, send them my way. And then, yeah, check out Patreon because we got all sorts of arcane goodness going on over there. And we will see you again next time. Bye-bye. See you later.